wrapped me up this afternoon. <laughs> Music to wash up by. Yeah, totally. Yeah, because our dishwasher oh. went up the spout uh, a couple of weeks oh, ago. No, doesn't can't get engineer doesn't come out until this Thursday. So mm. It's like hand washing again. I mean, we, we hand wash every evening, but it's, it's those things that can't go in the dishwasher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, sharp knives in the dishwasher, and yeah, there's a the few pans don't fit in either. Mm. So yeah, there's always some washing up, but when you've got to do everything, it's a bit annoying. Yes, so it's like. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've not heard of. I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to spoil it. For, yeah, people should listen to to Two Thirds Focus that came out today, Sunday, because um, Dandles had a, a, a cracking re- recommendation for some music. Um, never heard of the the group before, mm. um, but it was like, yeah, I, could, I dig this. It it it, it was uh, definitely good washing up music, and I can imagine good kind of. Um, in the workshop music as well and possibly even kind of if, if you like music for running it's probably quite good for running too hmm. have to check run. it out then you you'll run. have to listen to a new podcast though jesse <laughs> <laughs> i mean you know i i throw some in sometimes it's not just all like evolution of horror and the final girls <laughs> like i am listening to some other stuff <laughs> very fair I mean, that, that, I mean, f- from listening to Clamp, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, what, you're on 100, 160 episodes now, Grant? Yeah, 100 and, 100. yes, 165, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think I've missed any episodes. That's... And, yeah, I mean, certainly, Jesse, since you've come on, there's definitely a, a trend in you, you seem to like horror. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's the only I thing think... I watch, really. <laughs> The yeah, only amygdala. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't know. I just I I love it. I love everything about it because it's it's not just what's on the screen, it's all of the work that goes into it. Because my mm. one of my favorite movies of all time is The Thing. And there are so many amazing practical effects in that movie that still hold yeah. up today. Like there's really only a couple scenes where you can sort of see the seams and it looks a little janky, but the rest of the time it's amazing. So I just, yeah. Oh, I love them. So what's your, so what's your, I'm just going to go live on Instagram. So I'm going to mute here. You're going to see me talking, but I'm talking <laughs> to the people here, not to you. I this just want to let you know that. This is the first. Is that first on? <laughs> so no, Jesse, look, I'm sure. I mean, exactly. I've, well, we've had people take pictures and post them onto Instagram, but I don't think we've had anyone do a live. <laughs> I, I want to see if Grant's going to do the entire rest of the podcast live <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> and the question is, 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 is the audience, his audience, going to hear us talking? No, nothing so. I'll be through the so. Oh, it'd be like in the UN, it'll just be relaying oh everything God. across. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I mean, those translators do an amazing job. You have to, I mean, yeah, just think about it. <laughs> Jesse, Jesse, horror, horror films, then tell, tell us about. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, there, there are, I mean, horror is often described as just one genre, but I mean, I'm not a big horror fan, but I know enough that there's there are genres within the genre oh yeah so what's your what's your what's your kind of genre Um, 
preferred genre within the genre of horror? Honestly, there are two, probably. Uh, one, like alien sci-fi, because I love alien and aliens mm. and predator, yeah. the thing, you know, all of that stuff. I just, it's so creepy and wonderful. And I love- Horizon? The, yes, the Horizon. <laughs> I gave me really bad, really bad nightmares when I was little. <laughs> Same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I just, I love anything where- it doesn't have to fit to what we know is true on earth. Like they can just go wild with stuff. I really enjoy that. And then the other one is like ghost possession, exorcism sort of stuff. Cause I, I am not religious at all and I don't really believe in that stuff, but oh my God, those that style of horror film just terrifies me. Like just having something in your house that cannot be controlled is so scary to me. I just oh like, like a teenager. I think, yes. <laughs> like, like hereditary. Hereditary is a good example of a movie where it starts with a teenager <laughs> and shit goes completely. Oh yeah. Yeah, I love those two. I think out of all of them the most. So I was fine. I was fine. Like, yeah, if you take the the classic slashes like sort of Nightmare on Elm Street, I didn't I've never particularly found those frightening. Mm -mm. Yeah, there's, there's, yeah, you sometimes got the jumps. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I mean, for me, the jumpiest movie ever was Jaws. Oh yeah, where, <laughs> where the head pops out in underneath the boat. Yeah, and every time I've watched so it, even though I know scary. it's coming, I know it's coming. I know it, the head's going to come out. The head's like, ah! it's just like <laughs> yeah, it just, you know, it's just what makes me jump. Well, Alien's a perfect example of that because they yeah. all the reactions are real from the actors mm -hmm. the, the moment with the with the chest buster comes out um the the other actors weren't told yeah there was so no was, rehearsal <laughs> yeah so that was just the <gasps> of reality if yeah. i've seen that oh could you imagine i mean could you absolutely imagine it it's just like especially if they've not been told kind of the nature of if you mm -hmm. film that bit early mm -hmm. yeah before they've seen other things because yeah films are often filmed out of sequence I mean, in this age, it'd be really weird because everything would normally just be green screen, wouldn't it? And then to actually have mm -hmm. a, a real practical effect in that. They'd, yeah, the definitely. <laughs> but for me, the, the scariest stuff is the more psychological. Mm. So yeah. I, I, will, I will never, ever willingly watch One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest again. That is fair. <laughs> that is a really uh, intense uh, film. That disturbed me for for weeks, and I even just thinking about it, that, yeah. I mean, that, just so disturbing. I think yeah. I think everybody kind of has one of those horror films, and I'm kind of curious <laughs> what everybody's is. For me, it's Last House on the Left. Uh, I was recommended to watch that. I was 16 years old um, and had no idea what it was about. And that movie fucked me up for the rest of my life. I'm pretty sure. I don't think I'm ever going to forget it. <laughs> I don't think I've ever. I've, I've certainly not seen that. I'm not even sure. I've I can't recommend it. It is so horrifying. I, I'm, I'm not even going to write real. it down. I'm not even going to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> it's too much for me. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think... I think Event Horizon and a couple of other films that I, I saw uh, probably younger than I should have done mm -hmm. that just kind of ruined a lot of it for me. So like Event Horizon is the one that kind of stuck with me because I was in a in a, a dark room on my own with an open fire going and the, the kind of the scene with all everything starts catching fire. I, I ended up having to 
pause it and go and like turn the fire off. <laughs> I, I was probably 13, 14, something like that. Um, and it was enough to kind of have a lasting effect. But mm -hmm. I've never really gone back and wanted to watch the rest of horror stuff because it, it doesn't tend to. I think the majority of like normal standard, you know, what you'd see is like a, a horror film at the cinema just tends to be like Andy saying, like the slashes are the full of very predictable jump scares and things like that. Yeah. But I think that in any recent memory, the things that's kind of really stuck with me is things like um, David Tennant's performance in Jessica Jones. Mm -hmm. like yeah. That as a, as a really sort of psychological, holy shit kind of moment. That's He was that's terrifying in that. Like it is yeah. so weird. That, like because he is one of the first doctors that I experienced so like I have so many warm fuzzies for him because of Doctor Who and then yeah seeing him in that was very unnerving Ugh. yeah and that's very cerebral very psychological like internal you're, you're, torment you're just waiting for him to pull out the sonic screwdriver and change, <laughs> change and say Alan Z <laughs> anything but what he's doing yes anything but what he's doing please <laughs> I mean, he's a phenomenal actor. Mm -hmm. so, I'm, 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 I'm guessing we probably see more of his work over here for obvious reasons than you guys do over there. Yeah. Uh, have, you, have you come across a show called Broad Church? Mm -hmm. Yes, I love that but one. That, that was quite mm -hmm. an intense psychological thriller too. Yes. Um, with him in it and... Oh, what's her name? She was in. She was the queen in the crown. Yeah, Olivia I was just Holt. trying to remember. Yes, because she was in Peep Show. And Jodie well. Whittaker. Jodie Whittaker was in it as well. Yeah. Um. I yeah. I it, it, I I struggle I struggle with shows like that actually. But Grant, what was, what would be your um what would be your kind of not watch the end horror? The never watch the end horrors cabin fever. Oh. It was uh, I think a two thousand two or 2003, something like that. And it's like about these college kids rent a cabin uh, and then get uh, flesh-eating disease. <laughs> it is one of my least favorite movies, <laughs> I have to say. I hate Eli Roth. Anything he does, that's one of his first big things. And it just, oh, it's just gross in like a different way <laughs> than most horror. Like mm. it's, Oh, it just makes me feel dirty watching it. <laughs> See, it just makes me like flesh eating disease is like a real thing. Obviously, mm -hmm. the, yeah, the horror part of it like made it uh, very different the way it would happen. But it it makes me like afraid of like you go swimming somewhere and then all of a sudden mm -hmm. you you know you have like a cut or you know for me I scratch my mosquito bites until they bleed, so oh. I always have open wounds. Uh, so I definitely could get flesh eating disease just by walking through the wrong part of the forest. So, so don't watch yeah. that one if you don't want to be yeah. too much body horror in that one. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I don't mind. I again going back. I, I don't mind like the slash stuff. I don't mind the kind of although this, you know, like Jamie says, yeah, you get the obvious jump scares, you know, alien, mm -hmm. yeah, the, the chest burster, and, and the like of that. I think because it's in my head, I know it's not real. Right. For me, I don't find that as scary, particularly long term. Mm -hmm. Whereas mm -hmm. something like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which is based essentially on reality, something like Misery, 
Oh yeah. God, I love misery. I mean that that the hobbling scene in misery. Mm -hmm. Oh, mm -hmm. just I'm just thinking about it now. Just sense chills. <laughs> I, yeah, I think that's that the is, thing is it's ooh. it's a sense of empathy, isn't it? I think that's when, yeah. when you can empathise with a character, like you say, something that's overly gruesome or grotesque, or yeah. something that's the big, you know, ridiculous stuff is where it could actually happen. The mm -hmm. reality stuff—that's the scary yeah. stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. I I struggle with those. I would say that's probably like the. Uh, my lowest one of my lowest tiers of horror subgenre is how scary people are <laughs> like because there's mm. oh there's just so much that comes with that that like we experience in our lives mm. that like I don't enjoy watching it like um I'm trying to think there's an Australian film called The Loved Ones that is um, really terrifying in that way. Or um, one that my partner and I watched recently that's called Speak No Evil, which is another one that I can't fully recommend to people because the ending was one of the most horrifying things I've ever seen. And it's the sort of movie where the tension is never released. You never feel comfortable, you never feel safe. And so it just builds and builds and builds into it comes to this like crescendo of like, I just, we were completely silent, just like staring and then staring at each other because it was, <laughs> I've just never, I've never experienced anything like that before. And it's, it's all about people hurting people and it's, it's just too much. Definitely, my, my wife won't, she, I mean, she does not like kind of horror movies. She wouldn't, she wouldn't watch a horror movie at all. Um, She's not particularly into action movies or mm. if there's a movie that's got action in it, that's fine. If it's comedy action, you know, something like um, Jumanji, the new Jumanji's. Yeah. Great films. Really good films. Oh, really good films. <laughs> the new one. The new ones are great. I mean, the original one was fantastic. The new ones. Yeah. It's, it's a great, it's a, it's a funny premise as well, particularly when you've kind of got, mm. you know, different voices for, or different people in body, yeah, the whole kind of thing. Yeah very fun um but she's yeah she she reads a lot she, she reads books much more than i do and tends to not so much thrillers but kind of you know, often i think good examples often things like detective stories but mm -hmm. quite gentle detective stories often period pieces but she will watch she's a linguist that that's that's her thing She's a, she's a languages teacher. She speaks, I've, I've mentioned before, she speaks multiple languages. Oh, wow. Mm. I mean, she, I'm always so impressed with people that yeah. can do that. Her degree is German, in German. Um, she teaches German. She teaches French. She's fluent in French. She speaks conversation. She can, she can understand significant portions of Spanish and Italian just because of their relationships. To yeah. Uh, she can speak conversational and understand conversational uh, Swedish and on a similar mind then kind of Norwegian, mm -hmm. uh, also Danish because of relations to sort of Swedish mm -hmm. and also to German, Dutch, uh, Flemish and, and kind of, yeah, she, she, languages are just her thing. Yeah. yeah it's a fantastic language. And so she will often watch, she, she, she likes watching detective programs. Mm -hmm. often quite dark ones and she'll she'll watch like european um with netflix you know we can watch you know foreign language films and, and tv programs 
which for her as a linguist wanting to practice her you know language skills so yeah she'll put on a, a what i would refer to as sort of dark scandy um detective thriller and it's like yeah she she enjoys watching those and, and kind of getting into mm. the kind of into the story she's mm. not just doing it as an exercise in practicing understanding swedish you know she'll have this the, the swedish going or the norwegian with subtitles sometimes sometimes without more well, of with just because it's 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 that reinforcement of, yeah. of the language and i'm talking about yeah smile i'll be sitting here in the same i can see the tv from from here and she'll be watching these things and i'm just like i, I don't want to watch this yeah <laughs> and again it, it's it's almost like to me it's 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 veering into the although it's classified as thriller for me some of it is veering into the kind of the horror yeah um, but it's the horror I think that's of why I like reality <laughs> of what people will really do yeah yeah and it's just, no i can't I, I can't be doing with it right i'd, I'd rather watch a sort of blood and guts kind of war film type affair oh boy no 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 <laughs> can't do those <laughs> <laughs> One single lunatic's fine, but a group of them's not. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I just like seriously, I cry the entire time during war films. I cannot do it. Mm, I just cannot handle it. <laughs> what were you about to say, Grant? Uh, well, I was going to say this is why I like uh, post-apocalyptic movies because mm. it's often about. It's not about even if it's a zombie movie. It's often not about the zombies. It's about mm. how humans, what humans will do to each other when faced with tough decisions, uh, whether it's like, you know, cut, slitting someone's ankle so that you can get away, right? Mm. Mad Max too? Yeah, Mad Max, love Mad Max. Oh, Actually, I it was, the, it was the end of Mad Max, wasn't it? It was the end of Mad Max, that, not Mad Max 2, it was the end of Mad Max, wasn't it? Well, which one is the first Mad Max uh, that you've seen? Are you talking the mad max the like the australian the original one that was i don't know if they were released in the uk but in north america it wasn't really released okay and then the so the the second mad max which a lot of people think is the first mad max was mad max road warrior i think it's oh. and that at the yes. very start of it it yeah. like summarizes up within like a minute yeah. the entire first movie yeah <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I saw the first Mad Max first. Okay. Yeah, start, starting with the kind of, yeah, he was kind of normalized and the, the, the boom. Yes. Yes. But, and then, so then Mad Max is Road Warrior and then Beyond Thunderdome. Yeah. And then yeah. uh, Fury Road. So I have just one. realized, thanks to your explanation, Grant, that I have never seen the first one. Oh, <laughs> I started know. with the Road Warrior, yeah, because yeah. I I had like that in my head for the first one. And this is the constant conversation on the internet with people from America <laughs> who think that the that the the way that they get presented stuff is the only way. In the we world. are the only country that exists, Grant. Come on, yeah. you should know that. <laughs> Everyone's so from America on the internet. <laughs> I, I discovered recently, accidentally, we, we went and watched um, Demolition Man. Oh, yeah. And the UK version of Demolition Man that I watched when I was younger is exactly the same as the North American version. But the European version of it, they changed the restaurant chain. So it's not Taco Bell. Oh, no. Oh. 
they picked another of the uh, restaurant chains that was owned by the same parent company. So it's a Pizza Hut. Oh, interesting. Badly dubbed over the top. So you've got, oh, we're going to Pizza Hut. (laughs) And it's just, it's awful. It's really, really awful. And they've they've superimposed Pizza Hut logos. Because Taco Bell wasn't a thing back in the mid-90s, it wasn't a thing in Europe. The UK was aware of Taco Bell, so they thought, oh, we'll just leave it in there. But they could have picked KFC because the same parent company owned Taco Bell, KFC, and Pizza Hut. But they chose Pizza Hut. So it it was just... I went down this rabbit hole of trying to work it out because I I got to that point in the film and seeing... As soon as he said Pizza Hut, I was like, that's that's wrong. (laughs) It looks looks wrong seeing that he says Taco Bell and then you hear Pizza Hut. But then they put, um, you know, as they pull up to the uh, to the restaurant, there's they've superimposed the Pizza Hut logo over the Taco Bell logo. Oh my god! Everywhere apart from on all of the windows, so you can still see the Taco Bell logo on every single window that's in the home. <laughs> but as they drive up, the main placard outside has got the Pizza Hut logo on it. Oh my god! <laughs> that you tried Stargus, so <laughs> and that's all they needed there. God. But yeah, I was like, it, three it, shells. It freaked me out. Yeah, everything, everything else in this in the movie is identical. I've seen that film so many times, and it wasn't until watching this version of it, why the hell's that wrong? And I went down that rabbit hole, and they basically sort of said that, yeah, it was, it was that's the purely the um, the European version of it. <laughs> gotta, gotta love Pizza the Hut. Spaceballs was a fabulous movie. Uh, to to change the topic to. Good movies instead of or out of to- thrillers and and uh, things because anytime I make a combination on something, I like to make it one, two, three, four. Just like if I can set it like my luggage, like I, the luggage is like if anyone wants in the luggage, you can get through that zipper by just pushing really hard, right? Yeah, like it, it's only on there so that it doesn't <laughs> right, so that the zippers don't undo by them by accident. Like that's why I lock mine is so that. The zippers don't cut, like, just work their way apart. Uh, so, yeah, it's like one, two, three, four, just like my luggage. It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful line. Yeah, I Did, wouldn't have taken that back to Spaceballs, but it works. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah. well, that's Pizza the Hut. Um, the, did you guys know why uh, the uh, Han Solo character dressed the way he did? Mm-mm. No. So no. they uh George Lucas apparently said you can you can spoof Star Wars, no problem, but I don't want you to dress Han Solo like Han Solo. You have to dress him differently. Right? I don't want him to be like that's the one sticking point for some reason. So he dressed him up like uh what is it, Indiana Jones. <laughs> Which, I mean, if if you're gonna choose from the other the other options, that is absolutely what you do, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> I I love those kind of things of of parodies of things that don't fully take themselves seriously anyway. Right. Um, it, even you know specifically back to you know kind of uh, the Star Wars one. Um, I was a big fan of Stargate as well. And there's uh, in the later series of Stargate SG One, they they got to that same sort of point of like, we know it's gone on for 
ages. We're still trying to drag stories out because people are still saying they want them. So let's just have some fun with it. And there was right. a point where uh, one of the characters, Daniel Jackson, ends up uh, some far-flung part of space and bumps into some rogue alien woman who just happens to be trying to steal a spaceship or something like that. And uh, she's like, who the hell are you? He says, oh, the name's Olo. Hans Olo. <laughs> and that was just, you know, perfect line to put in and something that's already taken itself very silly and aware that it's gone outside of its original scope. And yeah, it's just... Yeah. <laughs> wow. Hey. So, so Spaceballs your favourite film then, Grant? No, I wouldn't <laughs> say it's my favourite film. What's your, what's your favourite film then? Probably, like, the film, like, okay, when you talk about favourite film, is it the film that I would immediately go to if I wanted to watch a film, or is it the film that I could watch the most amount of times? Ooh, well, I mean, there's a discussion in itself, mm. isn't it? Right. So it's like, if I wanted to, if someone's like, you, you, you're dying tonight, you can only see one more time, film, one more time, and then you're dead. Or I'd probably pick like a super long one. But uh, I was going to say, Lord of the Rings, complete director's <laughs> cut. <Yeah. laughs> oh, so take, talking about Lord of the Rings, I do love Lord of the Rings. I watched mm. Lord of the Rings again, uh, and for the first time, didn't watch the director's cut. And I was like, what the fuck's happening? Why are they doing this? They cut so yeah. much out of it. Yeah. And I watched it with my wife, and she's never seen the director's cut. And so we were, we were watching on Amazon, and so that's why we we were watching mm. whatever cut was on there. And yeah. I was like, this, this story no longer makes sense with what they've cut out. The, yep. the motivations are gone, right? Yeah. And I just went, this sucks. So uh, I've, only, I've never seen the final film director's cut i've seen the first two director's cut and then i went to the theaters to see the final film and i've never seen the the final film director's cut so one day I'm gonna oh have to it's do good that. the extended yeah. version of three kings yeah return yeah, uh, great the, another one that's, that's very much the same is um independence day oh yeah but when i first watched independence day I, I was young enough to just go oh this is a fun film it's it's a good giggle it's you know it is what it is and then I watched the director's cut of it, and all the stuff that they cut out was the stuff that actually made the story make sense. You know, like uh, the, the plot hole that everyone says of like, well, how did they know to just plug a Mac in and upload a virus? There's a whole chunk of like experimentation of trying to interface a computer with the alien ship and discovery of how they can do this kind of stuff. Right. So there's a, there's about an extra 15 20 minutes worth of like useful information that explains the stuff and fills in all the plot holes that they created mm. by cutting it back to a hour and a half or whatever it was. So to go back to answer your question, if I could if it's the you can only watch one more film, I would I would probably say something like either Shawshank Redemption or Boondock Saints. Oh. Nice. And that would be like a real hard choice there. <laughs> Mm. I did love Boondock Saints when I was in high school. I probably watched that like hundreds of times. <laughs> so good. That is a good question, well, though. Jesse, what, what, what would be your favorite film, do you think? Uh, I'm stalling for time, by the way, because I, I'm <laughs> trying not to sure think. what my answer would be. Which <laughs> so, is why Jamie's going next. <laughs> I guess I'm going to take it the way that Grant did because mm. yeah, the one that I will immediately watch the thing I've already said it. I love that. 
But yeah, if I was dying and someone said, what would you want to watch before you go? Uh, I would probably choose The Fall, uh, which is a, um, it's basically a fantasy story uh, that's told uh, from a soldier to a child. Uh, it has Lee Pace in it and some of the most beautiful visuals in any movie ever. It is just perfect in every way. Um, so yeah, if I wanted to see something before I went out, the fall, 100%. Nice choice. Jamie? Yeah, I think for me, the, the, our standard like go-to film in this household is like, let's put a film on that we just know hits every time is Red, with, uh, Bruce Willis and that lot. Oh, okay, um, yeah. Oh, I don't think I've seen that. I still need to watch uh, it. Since, yeah, it's retired and extremely dangerous. It's um, really, really, really good fun. It's just, it's super silly. It's again, it's, you know, it's Bruce Willis as a retired CIA operative, you know, special ops type, just getting old. And then kind of gets called back into action, but it's such a good film. Um, I think if you, you know if you're looking at like silly, you know, always hits as a as a really silly film in a kind of an action genre is um, uh, the big hit, Mark Wahlberg, Lou Diamond Phillips. Again, super super silly film. It's another kind of doesn't take itself seriously. So they've got, you know, it's a, a group of um, hitmen who uh, end up just doing some really, really bad, bad decisions. Um, you know, sort yeah, of like I just a, saw a kid. screenshot where they have some sort of scopes or something attached to their head. What is it? Yeah. So like in the trailer, he's got the scope on and they, they you know they, they cut the power yeah. and then one the one guy goes in to take everyone out and he's he's like if effectively breakdancing on the floor, shooting everyone while he's spinning around on his back and then rolling <laughs> down the side of the stairs, rolling down the banister. I love it. It's it's so far beyond stupid, it's unreal. But a very, very silly, funny film. Yeah, I Andy, what about I, you? I mean choose a choose. So different. I, I rarely watch films more than once. Yeah. I think uh, for me, in terms of watching films more than once, the ones that spring to mind, I've watched mostly because of having kids, the Harry Potter films. Um... They've all been watched multiple times. Lord of the Rings, Hobbit, they've all been watched multiple times. The Marvel films all been watched multiple times, mostly mm -hmm. through having kids. Um, and yeah, I don't mind. They're all good films. They're all well made. Uh, mm. yeah. Yes, you, I mean you can. Some people don't like Marvel. Some people don't like Harry Potter and whatever. But yeah, as a family, we've we've certainly enjoyed those as films. Uh, my wife, not she, which she wouldn't watch the Marvel films. I think she's watched half of one. <laughs> that's about it. Yeah, she gets confused as to what's happening, and it's like, right, yeah, it's not interested. So she'll go off. <laughs> Some Scandi noir killer <laughs> program. Can I agree with her? Um, <laughs> um, but I think oh, if I had to watch one last film, I know it's a bit corny, but probably some like Princess Bride. I can't argue with that. It's so good. It's a good film. Such a good film. Bit of adventure. Bit of love. I, I think that's where you've then got things like Howl's Moving Castle or, or 
uh, Spirited Away or things like mm -hmm. that that are just phenomenal films start to finish. Yeah. Yeah. Shrek, the Shreks, but, the, the Shrek films. I don't, I don't, I didn't really enjoy those. Hmm. But yeah. Maybe, uh, the first oh, one. I keep, maybe I should keep this for the after show, actually. But I'm a bit of a sucker for a British rom com. Oh, really? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Notting Hill. Yeah. I did like That's Notting fair. Hill. Um, a little bit actually. Or, or... or something like. Um, yeah, love I love actually. Yeah, great. Or something like Paddington. That's mm. one we've watched. It was Paddington and Paddington Two. Yeah, it's kind of. It's. I mean, that's still essentially I call them a rom com, sort of rom comedy. Yeah, there's that element of kind of yeah, bit of action, bit of something happening. Yeah, somebody gets a bit heartbroken, but then they get their heart fixed again. Yeah, it's like <laughs> Paddington the Bear. Yeah. Paddington the Bear is a rom com. <laughs> There's love Ooh, in it, guys. There's love. <laughs> okay, I'm just saying, I've never seen it, so I don't know. It doesn't seem to me like when I see a bear, uh, and I know who Paddington is. I had one as a kid. Uh, when I see Paddington Bear, I don't think of romantic feelings, but I, I guess I have to go it's, watch it. It's kind of more the, it, it's, I wouldn't call it, it's not necessarily the romantic feelings as in kind of your. Yeah, Man there's no sex scenes in man it. Me, man. There's no, there's absolutely no sex in it at all. Yeah. Um, I think one well, of them's got a little bit of nudity. One of them's got a little bit of nudity, but not uh, nothing, anything. Bear nudity or person? <laughs> um, yeah. I've Does seen Paddington somebody... take off his trench I might be wrong. Several yeah. um, <laughs> times, you see him in the bath. Um, <laughs> just takes his hat off. <laughs> yeah. But I, I tell you what, I, you've, you've got kids, Grant. Yeah, yeah. In a couple of years' time, Paddington is a family film. Absolutely okay. brilliant film. If I could get brilliant my son film. to watch movies, it would be wonderful. <laughs> he is part of the YouTube generation, and he can't watch mm. anything for more than like a minute before switching to a new thing. So he starts watching a YouTube video. Like when I go through my history, so I let him watch which I probably shouldn't because sometimes he gets on some channels that are probably not appropriate where they're playing like Grand Theft Auto, but he's like watching a lot of like Minecraft or like Hot Wheels or whatever. Mm. But then like that, whoever's playing Minecraft ends up playing Grand Theft Auto. Anyways, yeah. I go through his history and he's watching like one minute here, three minutes there, one minute there. Mm -hmm. When I try and put him on like a video, like an actual Disney movie, he'll get into it and then he'll just be like, I want to watch something else. And I'm like, well, oh. no, we're, we're, we're only like... Even if we get 30 minutes into it, I'm like, this is great. He's finally watching it. And he's like, nah, I'm done. I don't want to watch the end of it. I'm like, you don't want to watch the end? <laughs> no. We, we have the same here. We've got a, a sort of nearly 14-year-old in the house. And um, finally sat down as a family to watch Underworld recently. Because that's kind of, oh, you yeah. know, it's, it's in the right sort so of vein good. of where their head's at at the minute. And, you know, it's um, such a good film anyway. But even still, you know, it's, it's just over two hours, I think. Mm -hmm. And it was at that point of like, you know, sort of 45 minutes in of like, how long's left? Just, I'm not even checking. <laughs> Sit and watch. <laughs> I wonder if, so older movies, I feel like I can't, in some, some like TV shows, I feel like I can't get through them the way I used to be able to. The pacing is a lot different. Yeah. Like when you think about how media is yeah. changed, because I've experienced the same problem going back and like 
I don't know, like a TV show like The Sopranos, which is very long and the pace is relatively slow compared to something like um, Lost that's also long, but it's just crazy the whole time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so like, yeah, it's definitely the older it is, the weirder the pacing is. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. So Underworld's kind of old, so maybe that's the problem. <laughs> well, no, because it, they're very much the same. Of like, if, if it's a twenty-minute TV show, they're fine. But if it's something that's like forty minutes or you know anything longer than that, and it's it's always about that sort of twenty-minute mark. There's the I want to for they just click the button on the remote to to see see where it is on the timeline. So I will I'll look through like Netflix and I'll say. I want to like whatever Disney Plus or whatever Prime, whatever the thing is I'm watching. And I'm like, oh, I don't know, two hour movie. I don't think I can do that. And then I'll sit and watch four hours of TV right, yeah. to show yeah. after show after show. <laughs> and I, I don't even move. Right. Like, it's like, why? And I think there's like, I think the psychological thing behind it is after 20 minutes, I have another choice. Or after 40 minutes, yeah. I have another choice. I can yeah. leave. And the fact that we don't have commercials anymore. I think mm -hmm. actually adds to that. Now you need to have, I've, I can't watch long movies anymore because there's no commercial break that gives mm -hmm. me that like break. I can figure out, do I still want to watch this or not? Well, that's where the Wayne's World movie is perfect because that's got the break at about an hour and a half in between the first half and the second half of the film. <laughs> you have to watch Wayne's World 1 and 2 as one one. <laughs> yeah. Never seen them. I've only seen oh. one. <laughs> it I wasn't a horror out. movie, so I didn't come back. I guess. Yeah, that's fair. But so much of you know uh, modern comedy in a lot of these kind of movies is, stems from a lot of those. So we, that's what we've been yeah. trying to do. You know, kind of for the uh, cultural education in the household. If, uh, no, sit down and watch this film from the nineties because you need to. <laughs> it's education. Yeah, you need to get the references later, children, or you won't fit in. <laughs> it's very important. Exactly. You know that really bad joke I cracked the other day? Well, it's from this film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll make that'll make all the difference for her wanting to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's some films, some I, I, uh, a couple of years ago, I, I kind of, I was struggling with kind of sort of sleep and wanting to kind of sort of watch something kind of be a bit later in the evening after everyone else got to bed and kind of thought well rather than just sticking on youtube i'll sort of go through you know like like grand says you know netflix prime whatever i started mm -hmm. kind of dipping at some of the kind of films from my youth mm -hmm. and kind of yeah and see, I, I mean i used to watch a, even when i was living with my dad you know we used to kind of watch quite a lot of uh martial arts films yeah I mean, i'm talking the days of kind of you know, going out and getting a tape yeah. <laughs> uh, from sort of the shop and you know they're sort of watching it and yeah i was just like i, I put on over the course of a couple of evenings I, I put on a couple of uh jean-claude van damme films and a couple of steven seagal films which i'd enjoyed massively as a kind of late teenager early 20s mm -hmm. oh, god they were rubbish yeah, isn't really? it so sad how they don't hold up? It's yeah, like if you're if, at all. if you're not watching with a group and not talking while they're doing the bad acting talking scenes, like it's mm -hmm. just oh yeah, they don't hold up. I, I love the fight scenes. I wish it, I could watch like a 15 minute version of all of them. You know? Yeah, cut all the dialogue out, like something like yeah. Justice or, <laughs> or Nico or one of those that you know that yeah. that era of Steven Seagal films. Mm -hmm. 
cut all the dialogue out, squash it down to a five minute kind of you know, here's where he puts a meat cleaver in someone's thigh. Cool, yep. job done. Next film. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Or, like at the bare minimum, strip any love story that happened out of it. <laughs> Those were always so <laughs> painful. Like I hate, I hate romance in general as a genre. So like when it starts bleeding into that, I'm just like, no, no, this is unbearable. None of you know how to act. You don't know what to say to anyone. Stop. And it's all been written by a, a man who's got no experience with <laughs> yeah. dating anyone anyway. <laughs> Yep, it's a, a very uh, strange science. fantasy. Yeah. It's like a, a middle school play fantasy of what <laughs> love is. It's real weird. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, another film, just to put another one out there, Shaun of the Dead. I could watch that mm. one. That would be another one in the... That would be real hard to say no to. Yeah. Like if someone... Yeah. If they had the... Like the I don't know. I might even pick that one over the other two movies I mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> well, choice. See, Shooting Fish is one for me that, that's, you know, like a huge amount of nostalgia. Again, it's, it's mid-90s British comedy mm. um, about, like, con artistry. And, again, it's, it's loads of nostalgia for me, but it's a, it's a film that so few people have actually watched, but it's it's such a weird little niche kind of thing but it, it's got um Stuart Townsend and uh what's the face from Underworld um uh Kate Beckinsale yes yes yeah. yes that's her name <laughs> it's like I don't so like two actors who became incredibly famous mm -hmm. um just in like them just being young yeah, it's like 96, I think, something like that. Oh, wow. Yeah, I just pulled the trailer up, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> they look like babies. Yeah. Wow. Actually, I, not not a Kate Beckinsale film, but it, for some reason, it, that nudged into my head, a film that I have seen a few times, and actually, and in fact, it's probably the only Tom Cruise film that I would have watched repeatedly, and which has two names. I believe that's uh, Edge of Tomorrow, Live Die Repeat. Mm. Tom Cruise and Emily. Oh, I can't remember her name. It's it's uh, like something really flat. It's blunt. Blunt. There we go. <laughs> I just uh, saw it on Wikipedia. <laughs> I was thinking, is it Emily Blunt? And then when you said flat, that threw me then for a second. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm, I'm I'm hopeless at remembering. I'm generally generally hopeless at remembering kind of uh, pop culture stuff. So yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have got it. But I I, I, I don't know if it's I because Tom it Cruise. I think it, I, I think it's I don't know if it's just because it's Tom Cruise getting repeatedly killed. But I, I really enjoyed that film. <laughs> Very dark there. Isn't it? Oh my god! <laughs> I just, I, it, it's a cracking film. It, it's it's a, it's a cracking sci-fi. Yeah, mm. I really. I, so, I is this? I swear this came out just like two years ago. Was it just like <laughs> super re-released or something? Because no, no, you know, it's, it must it's... have just popped in like Netflix Canada and been like Maybe, a thing. Yeah. Possibly, yeah. Because I remember watching it, going, "This is a good movie." And why did I never yeah. hear about it? I guess it just got you know. 
Well, so yeah. I have a question about this movie. Uh, the giant sword that Emily Blunt has, like, is this a cloud strife Final Fantasy VII sort of thing? Is she like destroying <laughs> the ground and throwing people with it? Because if so, I might watch it. No, not, not quite. No, not ah, quite. damn it. It looked really good from the poster. I thought, yeah. <laughs> well, it's got Emily oh, Blunt in it. I mean, that's that. that yeah, that. What, yeah, I'll, I'll stop there. Um, <laughs> yeah. no, I think it's part of. The, I think it's part of the helicopter rotor. I think. Ah, oh, okay. That makes um, sense. Why it's so large? Because I was yeah. like, why? And she's like, she's like a bit of a super warrior. Oh. Yeah, she's like super fit and super fast, and but not and, kind of not chemically enhanced like as uh, Captain America. Just more the fact that she's just super focused. And they're wearing mech suits, mm -hmm. exoskeleton yeah. suits. So they, prob they probably have a little bit extra strength there. Ah, okay. See, I couldn't see her legs before because I didn't zoom in. So, yeah, I was just looking at Tom Cruise's gun arms and thinking, like, Barrett, is that you? And then, yeah, the giant sword. I just, <laughs> that looks really amazing. Yeah, it's a good, if you haven't so seen it, it's definitely a good film. Good action film for sure, and I agree yeah. with the watching Tom Cruise die over and over is always a good thing. <laughs> so, what the worst film then? So, the others, <laughs> yeah, oh, the really? Yeah. It's just awful. <laughs> oh, is that actually? I, I thought you meant just the, all the rest of the films. <laughs> no, the, the yeah. that was. Um, who was in it? Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Tom Cruise's ex. Yeah. <laughs> and and I'll go for another horrible one, so Eyes cool. Wide Shut, which is also Nicole Kidman. Yeah, I hated that one. <laughs> so just, yeah, we can just go, let's just name a bunch of Nicole Kidman movies and see if they... I feel bad. I'm sure she's see Jack. But if, well, if we want to stick with sort of the Tom Cruise, not not Cole Kidman, but Tom Cruise, the Jack Reacher films, good or bad? Oh, I've never seen those. Bad, but only because they're called Jack Reacher films. If they'd have called it some other name, mm. that'd be perfectly fine. So does it not match the books like at all? Yeah, for me, for me oh. I'm a big Jack Reacher fan in terms of the books. I've I've, yeah, I've read all the books. We'll try and read them when they come out, mm. and. So I kind of, I, and I've read, again, one of the few books, I don't want to read books repeatedly. There are very mm. books that I will read again and again. Uh, some books I'll read twice and that'll be it. Yeah, the books I've the read. Dictionaries are good on to dip in, in and out of quite often. Yeah, Doug, Douglas Adams, I've, I can read any of those multiple times. Lord of the Rings, multiple times. Um, Jack Reacher, generally twice is enough on those. But the many, many books I, will, I won't read more than once. Yeah. So I, I know the character. I know the character really well. And just like Amazon Prime got it right. Yeah. Giant of a guy, stupidly intelligent, monster fists, monster just yeah, <laughs> beat anything. Yeah. March through walls, just a, a tank of a man. Yeah. With kind of yeah, Scandinavian heritage, Scandinavian and French heritage. Uh, so they, they kind of got it right, Amazon. Oh, but, perfect. Yeah. yeah so you're, I, if if I were Jack drawing Rich a picture, didn't. I would have uh, 
you know, drawn up Tom Cruise right there. That's... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is there ever a point where someone has a, a concept of a character in their mind and Tom Cruise is the actor you decide you pick to play that character? <laughs> well, uh, live by repeat, edge of tomorrow. Yeah, mm -hmm. somebody getting... <laughs> you got to wonder when they're doing these things where there's clearly a novel and there is a it most novels have some descriptors that mm -hmm. try to yeah. so that you can help to paint the picture in your mind yeah and they get these and they and they the casting people are given them and then they go like i can get like okay you're going to go completely you're going to like gender reverse it okay that's it can happen you can make that a point cuz Mm -hmm. Otherwise, the entire film would have been all men or something. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. I, I can understand you wanting to add a little bit of something with that. But when they get them, like, so different and you just wonder, is it because, like, did Tom Cruise weasel his way in there? Probably. Or did they want him? Like, which yeah. way did it go? It's like, we'd like to make a movie with you in it. What would, what would you like the plot to be? <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> Well, something that I've heard about, like, and I, it happens in horror movies. I'm sure it happens in other genres where, you know, an actor will really have loved something. Like, I like loved the book or loved like mm. the original version of something. Yeah. And so they have their agent basically, basically like listening to the ground at all times if anything is moving on that project so that they can get in. So, mm. yeah, I wonder, I wonder how often Tom Cruise has done that because, like, yeah, he's always. Uh, wrong, wrongly cast. He just stands out like a sore thumb. <laughs> he never blends in with everyone else. You know, he's just so recognizable, and he doesn't. I don't know. His like the range of his acting is not quite as big as most of the actors that we're all familiar with. You know, like mm. I constantly think, was it The Last Samurai? I think that's the movie he was in, and he. I swear to God, he had something in his contract where he couldn't get too upset or his face couldn't get too dirty. Because the entire movie, <laughs> I was so obsessed with like how clean he looked despite fighting in the mud and doing all this crazy stuff. I just, like it took me out of it entirely because he was there. Yeah, breaking that suspension of disbelief. Mm -hmm. but it, we were talking the, the other week about this with um, like the Fast and the Furious films and uh, you got Dwayne Johnson, uh, Vin Diesel and Jason Statham all have written into their contract that they can't lose fights. <laughs> so Didn't there's a film that. where, yeah, they, they've it's all written into their contract. So there's a film <gasps> with all three of them fighting, and it, the only way to get out of that fight was to have an earthquake. Oh my! Because God. then nobody lost the fight. <laughs> that was the hmm. only way they could, the production crew could actually figure it to be able to uh, to not breach contract. <laughs> Oh my god! I Vanilla Sky was a Tom Screw Cruise movie. That Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a different version of the film that you were watching? Right now? <laughs> that was the porn parody. It was very different. Uh, anyway, I thought that one was a good one. That I that he was uh, well cast in. I don't think I've seen that one. Maybe that's the one I need to see that he will blend in and make sense. See, it, it's just, 
that's just triggered something in my head of uh, a story from a, an old work colleague of um, talking about like the porn parodies. Um, when Pacific Rim came out, oh, uh, no. one of my colleagues came into work and said that they'd they'd decided to torrent the film, and it was not the right version of the film. <laughs> Not even going to try to speculate on what I think it was because I don't think we should nope. say all of those words. <laughs> but he, 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 the same guy, he'd also done it another time, and I forget what the other film was. But he'd he'd grabbed another another film he didn't know anything about. He'd just heard this was supposed to be a good film, and he just grabbed the download. And he, um... <laughs> I've just seen Duncan's comment. Um... <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, he, he downloaded this other film and he, he got about 45 minutes into the film not being able to understand a word that was being said. And it wasn't until that point he finally he saw someone speaking English but heard not English and then finally made that connection. It took him 45 minutes to realise he downloaded the, the Russian version. Oh my God. And basically just sat watching this film. <laughs> just it just thought it was part of it that you, know, you weren't meant to understand the dialogue at this point. <laughs> I hate when they do that. Every time that there's this, like, they're speaking another language and they don't put subtitles because the reason I hate it, if they want to speak an alien language, no problem. But if they mm-hmm. do a language, there's going to be people in the audience who know. Yeah. Yeah. So just put the subtitles for all of yeah. us who want to know. Yeah. 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 Yeah, well, and I, I am a read. I'm a movie reader. Like I, subtitles are always on. I just, I love it because then I know how to yeah. spell people's names, or like if it's a town name or something yeah. that I don't understand. Yeah, I, I always have to have the subtitles on for that reason. It's just, I hate it. Yeah, I really hate it when people are having a conversation. I'm not let in on it. I really want to know. I'm very much the same. I, I, if I'm watching something with the family, it's just. The things on and if i miss something i miss something but i i sometimes struggle a bit with the audio processing mm-hmm. so if i'm watching something myself um i'll have the subtitles on anyway just for that same kind of thing of, of missing the odd word or if the mm-hmm. dialogue goes quiet or you mishear something or stuff like that so i'm i'm very much that same way of just being used to reading it all yep yeah, well, and so talking about subtitles being very useful, have any of y'all seen Skinnamarink? No. no. Okay, so it's a new, newish horror film, of course, uh, and it's it's very experimental, and it's basically following two kids who are in a house um, where the windows and doors start disappearing, and their parents are gone, and it's sort of following them, trying to figure out what's happening. And the sound in that movie was so bad and so much of the same that I had to turn subtitles on to actually know if there was anything happening for me to pay attention to. Um, Because the the film is, like I said, it's experimental. So it's a lot of shots of like a corner or like, you know, a hallway floor or like a part of a cabinet in a kitchen. You know, there's just, there's not a lot Mm. happening. And then, yeah, when I turn the subtitles on, there are whole sentences and like tiny discussions happening that I had no idea. And I had watched it for like a half hour. <laughs> and I was just like, well, we're just going to keep going because I don't want to watch that again. 
It wasn't, it's not really very scary, like, um, or at least not to me. Some people find it very scary, um, but it's, it's yeah, it's experimental and atmospheric, I think it would be the mm. nicest description I can give of it. It just didn't do it for me. Lots of unintelligible mumbling in the background is kind of what you Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just all these noises where you're like, I don't know if I should be paying attention to that. Like, and there's a, there's a TV also in a lot of the scenes playing old, uh, like black and white cartoons. So yeah, there's just so much happening and I'm, I was never sure if any of it mattered or not. I find, I find fascinating oh. how some people will delve so far into it. And mm -hmm. sort of uh, into films and what I really appreciate, I, I'm not the person to kind of spot it, but it's, it's the sort of thing you kind of read about, you know, sort of, mm -hmm. but where directors and writers have made the effort to put little, almost Easter eggs in deliberately mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and little references to other films, maybe films they've done or, yeah. or just a film that they feel inspired. And I can't think of any example off the top of my head right now, but Scream yeah, is a good example, or um, like the Saw franchise. <laughs> like Scream and Saw, I think are like the most like referential films that I can think of. Where like Scream is, you know, all horror. Like talking about all mm. the like main points and characters yeah. and plot devices, and then like Saw is really self-referential, where like everything in the series is sort of interwoven and crazy. Yeah, See, I like that. I, I was a lot. thinking Futurama. Future oh, yes. in, in the background, you'll see jokes and references to start, like, to, mm -hmm. whatever the Matt Growing is thinking of, I guess. Yeah. Well, and along those lines, like, um, Family Guy and Simpsons, too, like, same thing. Just mm -hmm. so many jokes that I wonder if all of them are understandable <laughs> now, you know, because it's not really a top of cultural mind anymore. Right. Yeah. And I, talking to Matt Groening, the, uh, uh, disenchantment is a yeah, kind of good. other one. So you know, it's kind of Simpsons, Futurama, and Disenchantment are his kind of three, oh. three bigs, and and they all kind of reference various each bits other. of uh, yeah. yeah of each other. Yeah, it's so yeah. good. Yeah, I love yeah, that kind of stuff. It. Like, yeah, the, the, like so, the, the seeing the Easter eggs it kind of makes you feel a bit more part of it when you when mm -hmm. you've got those when you pick up those references to other things. Yeah. And, Definitely. But going back slightly, you're talking about kind of the you know, films not being seeming quite right. Talk, Jamie, when you were talking about your friend kind of watching it for 45 mm. minutes before he realized it wasn't the correct language. First time we watched uh, Prisoner of Azkaban on DVD, mm. we hadn't seen it in the cinema. So we were watching it. And I was like, well, this is really, we, we, I was, we were saying this is really dark. Yeah, in terms of the filming, yeah, it was like mm -hmm. ooh, mm -hmm. everything seemed much more kind of dark and it taken a dark turn. And so they were kind of it was the whole filming, the whole kind of color balancing yep. was much, much darker. And my wife kept sort of saying, No, it can't be like this, it's not like this at all. And uh, we got to a particular bit, and there was suddenly this, this quite horrible green cast to the color. I said, oh, that's not right. Turns out Scarlet was loose on the back of the TV. <laughs> <laughs> Pushing right, and suddenly the whole thing's nice and light and back to the same sort of color casting. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, she didn't let me forget that for months. 
Yeah, sort of thing. She'd still bring up if yeah, if it, if it came up again. Well, yeah. Talking, uh, you know, sort of Harry Potter versus uh, like we were talking about casting choices before. You know, when you look at the the descriptions from the books of the characters versus the people that they cast. You know, and, you know the descriptions of uh, you know the three uh, main mm. young people. They're similar enough that you could you could say, oh, well, that's very clearly Harry Potter and very clearly Ron Weasley and, and of course you look at the description of Professor Snape that is basically just be Alan Rickman and then they cast <laughs> yeah. Alan Rickman <laughs> oh yeah god I love him in the movies so much I hated him in the books <laughs> but then once Alan Rickman became Snape it's like oh okay I like you <laughs> I changed my makes, mind makes it better yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and is I think it, I I don't know. I think for those three characters too, because they each have like one super identifiable trait, it was so much easier to just like see that and be like, that's that person. I think it was, we were all more accepting <laughs> because of that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Rick, I mean, Rickman was, wasn't a tremendous actor. Really was. Mm -hmm. yeah, he got into it really late, didn't he? he was, I think he was in his yeah. By the time he started acting, he was painter and decorator or something before then. Mm -hmm. Yeah, some sort of construction or yeah, renovation. Yeah. Don't know. I think um, know. we were talking Harrison Ford before because he was a carpenter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got yeah into I his... didn't know that <laughs> until recently. Pretty wild. Just, a few people got into acting. Like, I mean, uh, was it Morgan Freeman? He got into acting quite mm. late. Mm. And uh, Samuel L. Jackson, he got into movies quite late as well, I think. Yeah, well, I, I yeah, because when I think about it, it, yeah, they're always like 30 or up, <laughs> you know, when I think about them in my head. Mm. And those two just burn out. Yeah. The, I think those two specifically, Morgan Freeman and uh, Samuel L. Jackson, they they just play themselves now. Anyway, they they're not really acting anymore. <laughs> they're just remembering lines and being themselves, <laughs> much like Nicolas Cage. And, yeah. oh, Nicolas Cage is my favorite. I was going to bring him up earlier, and we went a different direction. <laughs> but he is my absolute favorite. Like when you're thinking of action movies, I will watch fucking anything he's in. I so I worked at a used bookstore for a really long time. That was my like last career before Instructables. And I bought every movie of his that came in. And by the time I left, I had 70 of his movies. And it was like pretty much my entire movie Watch collection. You. And I haven't kept up with it, but I would like to. Because <laughs> he's just, he makes me so happy. He is just so wild. And I just, I love that he can be absolutely amazing and believable and empathetic and then sometimes he just goes completely off the deep end he's wearing a hairpiece that's like flapping around and his accent's changing all over <laughs> just he is chaos personified and i love him for it <laughs> this uh so that, that same work colleague who'd um had the unfortunate issues with the movies um we used to work quite closely together and uh because i've Sort of on the IT, I would do um, April Fool's pranks, and I generally either stay late the night before, or come in early and just set random shit up on everyone's machines. You know, tape over the bottom of the mouse, or rotating the screens <laughs> round, or just lots of silly little stuff that that mm. everyone has a giggle with in the morning, and then carries on with the rest of the day. And for him, I I installed this uh, uh, 
plugin for Chrome called NCage. And what it does is it intercepts every single image on any website that you go to and replaces yes. it with a photo of Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Guess what I'm getting, everybody? <laughs> That's awesome. And yeah, so My... I put that on his, and he, he kept it on there until about lunchtime. <laughs> My favorite prank to, to play is to take a screenshot of someone's desktop. Yep. Oh, that's so me. <laughs> remove all the icons and yep, and make yeah, and put that as their background. It's wonderful <laughs> to see people clicking and, and losing their minds. When uh, <laughs> when Windows Windows Seven, uh, yeah, or it might have even been might have even been earlier. It might be Vista days. But um, when they first started doing the rolling desktop backgrounds where you just dump everything into a folder and it would just mm -hmm. automatically change them at a set interval. Um, I'd started working at a place where a couple of the lads would, they'd kind of plow through their work day uh, really quickly and then just sit and chat for the rest of the day and just kind of move their mouse around so it looked like they were doing something but sat chatting. So I just took a load of screenshots of, the, uh, of what they were doing, all the, the drawings and their work did exactly that for them and they just open open the uh, software up in the morning do their work and then they just drop back to the desktop and it would just cycle through images so they didn't even need to move their mouse <laughs> wow so if you're if you really want you can go to a youtube page that looks like the uh, update your web's oh. update there's a and yeah there's a site that's full screen pick yeah. what you want yeah yeah <laughs> So then it's just like, oh, well, it's updating, so can't do any work. <laughs> I used to be, because I, I use um, AutoCAD uh, as a kind of the, the software I'm using constantly. And um, mm. it used to be that thing, because the F1 key uh, would load up the help. And it used to take a good kind of five minutes or so to like properly load the help and then all the, all the files loading in and things. So if you accidentally hit F1, it, you'd you just go and make a make a brew because there's no point trying to do anything else. You couldn't do anything yeah. <laughs> until it all loaded, and then you could close it down. And of course, F1 is right next to the escape key, which is to exit the command uh -huh. that you're in. Mm -hmm. So it was very far too easy. So quite often in in like um, in CAD shops, you'd have people with they'd have popped the F1 key off the keyboard <laughs> just that. from it disrupting the workday, just from yeah. yeah accidentally hitting going to hit escape and, and hitting F1. Um, but of course, it used to be a great excuse then if you were, you know, feeling a bit thirsty or you just wanted a break for a few minutes. You just <laughs> like, whoops! Oh well. <laughs> I wonder if there's any other features in there like that that I can tell my sister about. That's what she does. She just, yeah, drafting all day, every day in AutoCAD constantly. Yep. So yeah, I wonder <laughs> how. Annoyingly, they've made it? it a lot quicker now. <laughs> Yeah, well, and that's, that's just what I was thinking because, like, I don't have much relationship with AutoCAD where I work, but I do with Fusion 360. And so, you know, you just, you hear a lot of stuff about, like, all the improvements and all the complaints people have. So it's just, yeah. I mean, Fusion 360 is unbelievably easy to break anyway, so that's fine. Ah. Yep, I have found that out too. Yeah. <laughs> So, hey, yeah. be careful, but this might be a place where we don't want to be talking about your employer. Uh, <laughs> no, just no, put no. that out there. He's at the after show. show. Yeah. 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 
I, See, I, 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 don't, I don't think back. I've ever taken. I don't think I've ever taken it. The closest I've ever done to pranking anyone, Abel's fool, is when I was teaching. Uh, yeah, we teach it. You can't exactly kind of go, "Oh, I've just hit the F one key by accident." I mean, yeah, mm -hmm. more often than not, it'd be frustrating when something like the projector didn't work or the computer mm -hmm. decided to update just as you're trying to load a PowerPoint or something. Um, but I think the closest I've ever got the sort of PowerPoint is yeah, sort of kids walking in and going, "Yep, yeah, test today." They're like, "What?" Yeah. Well, they haven't got a test, but I mean, that's pretty lame, really. So, yeah, so they're really want to know something fun that happened in my programming class? So we had a, everyone had obviously computers programming and every once in a while, uh, like a screen would pop up that needed to, an administrator po uh, password. Mm -hmm. And the one kid who was really good at coding coded. <laughs> and so it looked like it. And got the teacher to come over and put in his password. But the kid wasn't smart enough to think about the teacher misspelt it, so went to press backspace and he kept filling in letters. Like, oh. just, right? Because he had like just a you know, keylogger key until you hit enter. It's going to keep adding little black dots or stars or mm -hmm. whatever it was. Uh, mm. So that's, that was, I remember that being fun. And, that, and then he got in trouble. We had a, my first school, my first paid school um, after sort of training. We had a kid, actually, he was in my form, who did something similar. I mean, we're looking back kind of late 90s. Uh, he set up a, basically, a, I took a snapshot of the, the blogging page and turned it into a sort of thing. And of course, it, it, he set a script so that it would just kind of not do anything. Mm. Um, and then people would give up and go to another machine, but it was recording the username and password. And eventually, he got found out and kicked out. And I suspect he's probably making a, a, a nice fortune. He's he's either in jail or he's making a nice fortune yeah. working in IT now. Yeah, or both. Yeah, so, yeah. At my old college, we had uh, a bit of software running called Deep Freeze, and it was. It would basically um, the IT admins would set all the machines up and then set deep freeze running, and it basically meant that any user could log in, do absolutely anything to the machine, and all they had to do was restart it. So they disabled the login, and the only option was basically to restart, and that just completely set the whole machine back to back to what it was. So I mean, you could literally you could you could, you could log in and you could delete as much as you could from the C drive. Uh, and install whatever the hell you wanted, uninstall anything, make any changes to the machine. As soon as you hit reboot, back to as it was. It's like super, mm. super clever bit of software. Um, but because of doing, so I was doing a lot of other IT stuff at college, but I was also doing AutoCAD. And to do AutoCAD, you had to have admin rights uh, on your user profile. But because I was also doing some of the IT like techie stuff, um, some of the other lads I used to game with, you know, we'd get like one of the free rooms and play like Red Alert 2 or something like that. Um, they didn't have admin rights, whereas I did. Because I had like network knowledge and hung out with a few of the techs and stuff as well. Um, every time one of them, uh, like on Red Alert 2, he used to just make shitloads of conscripts and then just crash the game. Or just like, instead of having, you know, a strategic plan, his strategy was just to overwhelm whoever it was with just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of the same unit because they were super cheap super quick so the second one of us saw his screen that he was doing that i just alt tab out the game and then remotely restart his pc he couldn't do anything <laughs> about it 
but he'd be mid-game and his machine would just suddenly restart. He'd have to install it again and try and jump back in the game quickly. Yeah. <laughs> I used to love the monitoring software you used to have in school. It's okay, you could see what the kids were doing. And yeah. it's just like, you'd, you'd send a lot of messages, you know, like, ticker tape across the top of the screen, get back to work. Yeah. Just free, or you could just blank this completely blank the screen, or you could re, you could kick them out. You could, yeah, it, it was that was quite satisfying. So my mate did that. It's the guy. He still works at that college. He's the absolute legend. And um, he he just same thing. You know, he's he's super smart. Just kind of has fun playing with the people who are breaking the systems. And um, same the other week, one of the students who was downloading, you know, like torrenting a, a, a massive game, you know, in like three big parts or something like that. On the, you know, on the, it, it's a backbone onto Supergenet, so it's like a super fast connection. So he's hoovering in this massive file. So my mate's just watching him on the remote monitoring software. He's just watching everything that's going on. As soon as the file hit his uh, his home drive, um, what my mate did was just created a, um, a notepad file um, in the same name, changed the extension, and deleted the files. So he he downloaded these three massive files and then went to run it, and it just opens up the notepad saying, uh, report to IT admin. Uh, you know, <laughs> 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 Fuck. I bet, that, I bet that got his attention. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. <laughs> learning. I'm, I'm learning. Taking lessons from Steve. Not Steve's, not Steve's done any segues lately. Not for a while. Yeah. No. Yeah, so what's our attention grabbers? Things that have been grabbing our attention, things that we found interesting, things we're doing, things we've been watching, reading, whatever, past, present, yeah, recent past, uh, current, present, or uh, near future. Not the last hour and 13 minutes of the podcast's worth. Yeah, maybe a bit, <laughs> bit, bit further back from that, maybe, you know, like two hours ago, perhaps, yeah. So what's been grabbing my attention? Well, I've just yeah. been thinking about movies a lot. Uh, just really like, good sure ones and bad ones. And... Pranks. We think pranks. Pranks, pranks. Yeah. yeah. Pranks have been grabbing my attention very recently. Uh, so go ahead, really, what's been grabbing your attention lately? Yeah. So uh, the two things that uh, you know I'll talk about is the uh, first, the thing that's happening in the Futures Maker Camp. Uh, the Catskills Mountain Maker Camp is next weekend, uh -huh. which happens to be Ooh. Canadian Thanksgiving as well. But uh, I guess I'll miss out on that. Uh, luckily, I called my dad and he had totally forgot that it was Thanksgiving. So <laughs> that, that would have been something. You can always count on dads for that. Yeah. He said, like, oh, camp does look really good. I mean, seeing it over the last couple of years, yeah. definitely a bit case of FOMO with that. It's Yeah. Hug There's all gonna... of the people for us, please. Yeah. I think the only person I'll know that you guys know is like Steve. Rasmus. Enroll yeah, Rasmus. Yep. Yeah. Rasmus. There'll be a few there. there that... Yeah. Yeah. Rasmus is getting my tent again. He used my tent last <laughs> year, so it's gonna. He messaged me and asked if I'm gonna come and bring my tent. So I was, yeah, sure. Um, uh, yeah, there's a few, a few, a few, few guests from here. Uh, yeah, from Megas Waffle. Oh, yeah. Gonna be there. Dave Bauer's gonna be there. Oh yeah. Probably because yeah. he's local. Yeah yeah. 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 He's definitely gonna be there. He's running the uh, print. Uh, thing again. Uh, so he's, he was doing nice. uh, little lino prints, I think. Yeah. I, mm. I didn't get a chance to do it last year. Yeah, I guess there has been a few deaths. I, whenever I think of you guys, I just think of uh, the UK. 
and that's it. And yeah. I don't get beyond that, right? We've had, I mean, we've mostly had, yeah, we've mostly <laughs> had, but we've, we've had a few international. We've got you guys. Yeah, we've had Morley yeah, on. Yeah. There. Yeah. yeah, Morley's going to be there. Uh, who else? Anyways, that's what I'm thinking about. That's what I'm preparing for. Uh, you know, I'm going to be seeing lots of people uh, that I haven't seen in a while, and I've been uh, going through my toys that I had, all my like childhood toys, because uh, Jade, I don't know if you guys know uh, other dog designs, but yeah. uh, his wife Jade has a toy business mm -hmm. uh, selling vintage toys now. So I was like, nice. I trust you to not screw me over. Like if you f if you go through my toys and there's like, you know, one thing that's worth like a, you know, one random thing worth a thousand dollars and you sell it, you're not going to be like, oh, here's the two dollars for that one, right? So I trust <laughs> her if she finds something in my toys that is actually worth some money that that I'll get, mm. uh, the money. So uh, yeah, I've been going through that, yeah. going through all my Star Trek toys is the big ones. I I found my yes. transporter. That's transporter is amazing. Yeah, that's super fun. Uh, I would. That's that's the main things, and I've been working on a. Uh, so we, someone in the buy nothing group around our area, uh, had a like Power Wheels. I don't know if you guys have Power Wheels. Yeah. It's like a Power Wheels, but it was a cheap Chinese knockoff. That but it was remote controlled, and the one that we have is not remote controlled. Which with a little two year old who can't steer. It's really frustrating because <laughs> you're like bent over steering from the whole time and and then he just runs into stuff. So I was like, Great, it's gonna be remote controlled, I'll get it. They they said it didn't work. They didn't have the charger and they said it didn't work. So I was like, It's gotta be the battery. Right? So I dig it apart and it's got two six volt batteries and I one of them is reading two volts and the other one's reading six volts. So I said, Well, that's definitely problematic. So mm -hmm. I swap out a battery uh, and start trying to revive the other one. Uh, and I get a 12 volts. So I'm like, okay, that's great. And I put it together. Nothing happens. So then I take apart the controller and, and I found a blown apart capacitor. And so I ordered a new capacitor, which came in yesterday. And, uh, and I put that in yesterday and still nothing. Okay. So I took apart. So I'm like, well, I'm going to start chasing power, right? See mm -hmm. power making it all the way to the, the on off switch. Cause it's like, got you know, it's remote controls. So it's fancy and it's got, uh, even like an MP3 player, you can connect into it and stuff. Anyways, <laughs> so I'm chasing nice. the power and it's got power, and then but none of the the button works. Like I, you know, I press the button, you can test the resistance across it, uh, or the continuity across it, and that seems to work. But nothing's happening. And then I'm like, well, I'm gonna start testing other things for power. Like where's this power going to? And I connect two things and it starts up. And. Hmm. And like I by accident connect two things, like I was mm -hmm. just with my probe, <laughs> and it just starts up, and I go, "Well, oh, that's weird." So maybe I was like, "Oh, maybe I fixed it." So it didn't. It worked. I could drive around, but uh, I couldn't. The button, none of the buttons worked for anything. So yeah, I don't know it what is. I. I don't. I. I assume something. Some component is broken. Mm -hmm. uh, and all something stuff, that's that's breaking the ground. That's. Fail yeah. safe. That's yeah. That you just managed to accidentally yeah. bypass. Yeah. So more <sighs> to follow on that one. It's just frustrating. Mm, it yeah. sounds likely that I'm going to have a nothing, and I'm just going to take the components out and uh, <laughs> add them to my collection of shit that. Is, <laughs> I don't know, whatever. 
and uh, yeah, that sounds like what's going to happen. But it's frustrating because I was really looking forward to the remote control aspect of it. Mm. And because it's some cheap Chinese Walmart brand that like sold it five years ago and it's, there's no name on it. Like it's not yeah. like on a like a standard crystal frequency or anything like that. Not it's not a twenty-seven megahertz thing that you could just use a something so else the, for. Or... The problem is I can't get power to the like I, I could just wire in my own stuff if I wanted to. I guess mm. that makes sense. Maybe I can do that. Just wire in my own speed control and my own radio control, like from my. I'm RC just saying, you know, like a cheap kind of yeah, like a like a ten dollar RC car from Walmart and just strip the guts out and. Yeah. Bridge everything into a lot of uh, so the big thing comes. <laughs> yeah, the big thing comes with the the twelve volt like motors and like getting mm. a controller that can take twelve volts and output to. Yeah, an RC car is not going to. You'd be surprised. One, possibly, That's all it is. Well, possibly a big, possibly a good size one, but a ten dollar yeah. remote control is probably. So, not. You know, into just into yeah. relays and stuff. Well, so I have remote control cars. I used to race. And oh, I have uh, them. I just got to figure out if I have. So I switched to brushless, and this is obviously not brushless. So I need mm. to see if, whether or not I have any brushed speed controllers left over. And then I could just do that, bypass everything. Yeah. yeah. Well, good idea. So now I'm glad I, I brought it up. <laughs> glad we can help. Created yeah. more work for you. <laughs> Well, well, then it comes in the other problem is like the steering is in a servo, like you would think. It's a it's another motor, mm -hmm. which is to me weird. I don't understand where like are there limit switches or something? Like how do you not just have it like strip the gears when you try and turn and you get to the end? But I guess I haven't looked at it at all because I just wanted the <laughs> plug and play thing because that's just what I want. I mean, the other option is you, you could put it on the to-do pile for long enough that he then learns how to drive it without crashing it. Yeah, yeah, I could do that. It's the, kind so of the, the other the thing is this one. To it. Yeah, oh, he's big enough other... to fix it himself. Yeah, right. Yeah, the other one's six volts, and this one's twelve volts. And the six volt one, they're too, they're not fast enough. And like mm. they, like when you put it in reverse, if you're not. Even if you're not on a downward hill, it doesn't work because <laughs> it just doesn't have enough voltage to go anywhere. So yeah. that is, anyways. So what I'm what I'm hearing now is future proofing for a 24 volt pack to drop in. Well, I want to just get my Milwaukee in there, like my batteries from that because I got a bunch of them. And then I yeah. was thinking I actually have a bunch of 80 volt stuff from Greenworks. Um. I got 40 volt and 80 volt stuff and I've got a lot of extra batteries for that. And I happen to have, uh, an extra 40 volt snowblower that I'm not using, but then we get into the problem with control. So like the snowblowers are on off, right? The lawnmowers yeah. are, they might have a control, but they're, they're pretty much on off. So you don't have yeah. the control and snowblower and a rudder. That's all he needs. Yeah. Snowblower and a rudder. I like but, it. But a cordless, a cordless drill. Yeah, most cordless drills have got a variable speed just on there. So if you could just wire up the pedal, assuming it's a pedal rather than a, right. a hand grip, and if it's a hand grip, just find a different way of doing it, uh, to the speed control trigger of the drill. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's probably got a potentiometer in there for the the pedal. That's my yeah. guess is how they do it. Yeah. But uh, 
if I just throw a drill, I guess I could just throw a drill in there. <laughs> just like <laughs> just 3D print a holder and throw it to yeah. drill direct direct drive to the swap, wheels. Swap. No, just 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 take just disconnect easy, easy the swan, switch. Though. Disconnect the switch. Attach it to the potentiometer because the switch is just potentiometer. Right. Hmm? Now that Good being point. said, I don't know how the brushless ones work. That would be how a brushed motor drill would work for sure. Uh, which witchcraft? That's how the brushless ones. Work. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty sure. So my my drill, if it's so, if you have a brushless motor, and it's still spinning, you can't switch it into reverse. Mm-hmm. And mine, my Milwaukee, has something wrong with it. The switch must not get fully like every not every time, but sometimes it doesn't get fully extended and I can even hear it and then you can't switch it into reverse and then you have to I just like I've gotten to the point now where I'm hoping to break it and I smash it as hard as I can against the floor <laughs> and then it, and works, then it works yeah <laughs> you, you it only needs like a little tiny tap and it works mm-hmm. but I've gotten to the point where I'm anyways sorry that's using it well, I'm, I'm hearing I'm hearing it sounds like that's a potential donor for the, the power wheel Maybe. Mm. Maybe. Get yourself a new drill. Yeah, I could. <laughs> if I could afford a new drill, I would just buy the power. Like, I would just buy a brand new power wheels. Like, I don't. <laughs> like, this seems like I could just make a whole bunch of work for myself. If I'm just going out there spending money, I'll just spend the money on the thing I want. That, that sounds like you need. Sounds, it sounds like you want a new drill as well. So, well, I could live with the drill <laughs> half working. I could probably just take the drill apart. And like spray some electrical cleaner in the switch, and then yeah. it would never do it again. But it's sometimes nice to smash things. <laughs> well, Jesse, what's been grabbing your attention lately? Uh, so now I get to nerd out about <laughs> something. Uh, so basically, I've been talking about this on a, like the clamp pre-show all the time, but I have been doing this giant like biodiversity mowing, seed sowing project in my yard. Uh, so we have 11 acres up here, and it is wow. land that hasn't really had anything happening on it for a long time. Back in the day, we were like a colony of lettuce farmers, <laughs> and... People do like some horses and agricultural stuff, but our land hasn't really had that. So I have been basically cutting everything back and watching all of the, everything that isn't grass growing and determining how much the bees liked it, how much the animals around here liked it. And then harvesting seeds from that in my yard and spreading them everywhere. Uh, It's been going on since like May or June, I think now. And I, I keep saying this is a really weird measurement, so pardon the measurement, but I have put out six liters of seeds since, like, I don't know, maybe in the last two weeks. Hmm. So, yeah, I That's am... lots of seed. It is a lot of seed. So and just I, for the yeah. Americans listening, because I've never had to do it this way, the opposite. <laughs> six liters is 1.58 gallons. <laughs> so U.S. Go. gallons or U.K. gallons? That's good. U- U.S. U.S. gallons. U.S. Yeah, I went specifically for the U.S. ones. Yeah. But how just... many weird other strange, nonsensical measurement comparisons could that be? There. Yeah. Well, it would be like twelve pints, which is like, like something that. Size, 
but how many sorry, those are... boots? <laughs> and again, American points because it would be but... ten and a half UK points. Right. So I was just going to go unless you were in Canada, which then we have the proper size pints, which are twenty ounces. In America, a pint okay, sixteen. Yeah. And you yeah. go, where's my other four? I thought you guys were the kings of supersize me until you screw me on the beer. <laughs> Yeah, but it's only we, like a dollar. Nonsense, so I don't know. nonsense down here. Yeah, <laughs> so um, yeah, so I six of seed. Yeah, uh, yeah. So places. and I have a list of some of the stuff that I put out. Um, oh, alfalfa nice. because we have elk and pronghorn and also our neighbors cows and horses if they get out they all really like it so i figure why not alfalfa everywhere it has beautiful purple flowers here that range from like white to like a deep deep purple and i just i love it red clover white clover of course uh yellow milk fetch which is a strange plant that has it looks like um almost like chickpeas the seed pods, they're really big and strange hmm. and animals supposedly like to eat them. So I'm going to try to do more of those. And then let's see, tansy asters and Western asters because the bees really like those. And the same for the white campion and the showy loco weed. And then lupines and beard tongues, I'm also going to be having out. And I love those. Also purple. We have a lot of really like purple nice. flowers here. And I just, I love it. So... Yeah, I really wish I could fast forward until like June of next year <laughs> so that I can see if anything took because, yeah, I mean, I I just threw seed, literally. I didn't combine it with any soil or anything because almost all of the yard I have mowed with like a push mower at this point. So I have like mm. a nice layer of mulch happening. So I'm sort of hoping the seeds can get under that and take root and I don't have to do anything else. But nice. that has been my entire life for the past few months, and I'm really excited to see what happens. I love that Sounds kind of stuff. I, I, I don't have green thumbs at all, but um, my other half does. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, we, we've got quite a sort of biodiverse back garden as well. Um, you know, obviously no, nowhere near the same kind of scale. It's it's UK <laughs> garden, so it's, yeah. it's tiny. But, yeah, I love that kind of just the... the all the shapes and all the colors as opposed to mm -hmm. just rectangle of grass it's yeah yep. such a difference there's a there's a place for grass and there's a place for flowers and if i want to go f running around playing soccer or football i don't want to play it in a bunch of flowers no but <laughs> yeah. if i want it to if you're not going to be using the, like this is where like this grass versus uh, like they want to naturalize, like there's a lot of people pushing for naturalization of lawns. And I go, well, that mm. is wonderful if I'm not using my lawn for my kids playing. Mm -hmm. That sounds like a great yeah. thing to do. I, that's wonderful. But when I'm playing, like I want my kids out in the backyard where it's safe and they're not going to get run over by cars. Yeah. Mm. But I don't know. Yeah. Sorry. That's my little <laughs> rant. That's my cheat yeah. rant. Hey. No, entirely fair. Uh, I mean, I, I think you're right. My, you know, kind of in in my ideal place, if I was sort of doing a thing, it would all be concrete, just because, you know, as much as as much as I love wildlife and I love the colours and the smells, all of it. Let's be digging no hay fever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. That's fair. Yeah. Don't have to do anything, and my face doesn't explode. So that mm -hmm. that would be, you know, I mean, I I fully realise. I need to, you know, employ a gardener and wear a bubble. But 
I think there's some countries in the Eastern European area where I think you could get your dreams come true. Yes, quite possibly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least that's, that's what I've seen on the internet. I don't know. <laughs> so it must be true. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Jamie, what's been grabbing your attention? I, I've been playing with aluminium. Um, Ooh. Yeah, I I took apart a couple of 3D hey, printers Jesse. as an excuse. Hmm? That's, Alumin, that's aluminum. Aluminum. Uh, aluminum. Oh, yes. Oh, thank you so much for translating. I was tempted to do that myself, but thank you, Grant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's one I, I will grant because it, it both are correct. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, Andy, but you know, go on, Jamie. What you, you be making yeah. with your aluminium? You taking apart some 3D printers? Yeah. So I've got a stack of all the 2020 extrusion and 4020 extrusion just to. I've been meaning to go to IKEA to buy a bit of pegboard to fit a space, and because IKEA is a pain in the ass to get to for me, um, I've decided to dismantle two 3D printers and use the aluminium to fill the space instead. Nice. So that's that's been my workaround, uh, avoiding IKEA. <laughs> so you're turning 3D printer extrusion into pegboard, sort of, yeah. That and some 3D printer. I'm going to go down the. Gridfinity, but custom Gridfinity mounts. Mm. For... It's got to be done. I think yeah, that's the sort, sort, of, sort of thing you should probably be writing up a, an instructable for. Oh. People love uh, organization. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm currently in the process of just nicking everyone else's. So you know, <laughs> maybe when maybe when it's finished, I'll write something up. <laughs> if it works, yeah. How about you? Sounds, I've been grabbing your attention. Sounds interesting. Uh, my attention uh, this week, uh, planning uh, university open day visits for my youngest. Uh, my wife and I have been binging season six of Alone. So it's been quite interesting. We finished that tonight. So no doubt we'll start on season seven tomorrow. Um and yesterday I attended the uh, my local town where I attend my men's shed. Uh, they have a, a group has started up, which is kind of looking at sustainability within the town. And as part of that, they started a repair cafe. So oh, nice. I volunteered for that. So yesterday afternoon went along with far too many tools. So backs me naked <laughs> a bit today, uh, especially as you can't park at the place they did it at. So I had to sort of drag them uh about a quarter of a mile from the car park that I have access to at the men's shed to uh, to the place they were using um, had a whole I think I had four clocks a barometer uh, a tea a Victorian tea tray uh, and a, a almost like a power wheels type sort of thing uh, amongst I think yeah, I think it was most of what I had uh, and I managed to fix none of them oh no <laughs> uh, so well, I got I have... way forward with some of them, but got way forward with some of them. But the, the way the repair cafe works, obviously, some things can be fixed. I think, I think overall, there was mm. the, there were five or six of us repairing stuff, and I think two items got properly fixed. <laughs> um, but a lot of a lot of things, it's like, ah, yeah, to repair this, we need this thing. Mm. So yeah, you now have to go and buy that because we don't supply mm -hmm. the, the bits. Yeah, if, if, if it's a bit of glue or a, bit of a fuse, then that's fine. Yeah, taking some stuff like that. 
so this is I've often but, thought of doing a repair cafe and because they do them here through our uh, we have a tool library and they do yeah. these repair cafes and I've I've even actually volunteered to do like Morley did the 3D printing mm. repairs. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can do that. Did, I can yeah. bring my 3D printer. I got my laptop. I could do the same thing, right? That's never worked out. But I've before I morally had done that. I'd even thought of volunteering. But I had the same. I had like this fear of doing it and not helping anyone. Yeah. Right. Because there would be nothing worse than I like I took apart this power wheels, and. Nope, nothing's helped, right? Like, yeah. I, you know, even if you find issues, like I found a capacitor blown, I found the the battery was flat, but it didn't fix it. And there would be nothing worse than trying to help someone and giving them that moment of, ooh, we found the issue, and then letting them down even further. Well, that's so you just take a lot of bin bags with you, and then you take it apart, go, yeah, it's broken, and then just hand them the bits. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, I mean, actually, there was another one. I forgot another one. We had a we had a guy turn up with a couple of wooden uh, garden chairs, reclining garden chairs. Oh yeah. And I was working on something else, and one of the other guys said, "Have you brought any wood glue?" And I, I said, "Yeah, I have actually." So I passed over the wood glue. Um, then I finished on the one I was looking at and sort of thought, right, I'll just go and see how they're getting on. So I kind of wandered over to where the, these two chairs were. Wood glue was on a table on the side, hadn't been used, and kind of looked at it and was like, yeah, to repair the back of this, there were two of them. So to repair the back of this one, we'd have to make two new slats. I said, yeah, that's possible, but we haven't got a woodwork shop here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually to, to get those slats in, you then have to actually take apart the, the back. Um, so then we looked at the other one, which had a different fault. The slats were okay, so it was like, unfortunately, still on the back. If it had been a case of seat on one, back on the other, we could just got one good one. Change, looked yeah. at the other one, and it was the it was the top rail, it was rotten, basically. Mm. It's like okay, so yeah, glue's not going to help with this. Yeah, not this sort of glue. Yeah, maybe if we had like epoxy resin, that <laughs> might or, or oh, yeah, one of the sort of polymer resins. Yeah, that would that would do it. Uh, I mean, so oh. Ah, look, we actually pull out. There's a pin through each of these tenon joints, and thing. It was obviously pinned, which you couldn't see on you know, through the kind of years of wear to the wood. You couldn't see these pins that were in obviously in the tenons all the way around. And it's like, right, we're not actually going to be able to get that apart. If we try mm-hmm. and get that apart, that is just going to tear and make things worse. And I mean, the gent, he was, he was quite kind of sort of okay about. It. He said, "So what you're basically saying is this, this, these are irreparable." It was like pretty much, yeah. The amount of effort that's going to need to be required to actually repair these, it's yeah, mm-hmm. it would end up a bit like so, yeah, the ship thesis or, or trigger's right. broom for the British um <laughs> audience. Um, I was, I was going down the, that metaphor myself, yeah. And it was, yeah, there'd be so much that would have to be replaced, it, it just wasn't worth it for, for what was there, and it, mm-hmm. it, it, it was like. A bit, yeah. I mean, I'm a bit disappointed that I, I personally didn't actually get any what single one thing fixed. But got further forward with some of them, and there was one. Um, it was a beautiful clock, uh, an old sort of. Uh, it was a mantle clock. No, it was a war clock. I, I saw several clocks. Uh, it was a war clock that was obviously it was Swedish in design. It had some really ornate sort of uh, woodwork that had been gilded. And you could actually sort of see because of the way it had been chipped, you could see the build up of plaster on top of the wood and then the gilding over the top. And there was a, a piece on the top and a piece underneath that had broken off. It had, it had fallen. 
I was like, I can't. The one thing I looked at on my sort of, I took a bunch of different bits and bobs of things like, you know, fuses and um, I took a variety of different screws and nuts and bolts and whatever. And I looked at, uh, I've got a couple of pots with dowels in. And I looked mm -hmm. at those and thought, should I do, well, I wonder if any dowels might be useful. Um, no, there's not going to be anything with a dowel turn up because they're the two things they needed a dowel to fix them back in place because the dowel is split so bring it back in two months because i won't be there in a month because uh, it's only been run monthly at the moment so bring it back in two months i'll bring some dowels we can we can get those pieces back on um, you did bring some some type of dowels just the the metal ones with the helical with the swirly on the bit on yeah and i had some, yeah. i had some of the other metal ones with a, a broader flat top on as well <laughs> um, a blunt a blunt flat but uh yeah but not, uh, yeah, not any wooden dowels, unfortunately. Mm. So, yeah, that'll be partially fixable, whether I can get the clock mechanism. So I'm, I've now been going down a rabbit hole last night of can I get hold of wind, some wind, broken wind-up wind clocks to have a go at fixing? Because now I want to learn how to fix clocks. So <laughs> oh, they are intense, but so them. rewarding. <laughs> yeah. In an effort to help other people fix some stuff, you've created more projects for yourself yeah <laughs> gathered a new hobby maybe, maybe. <laughs> might require some new other tools as well yeah need to get some hand uh -huh. lifters there it is yeah, yeah watches and clocks it's like a whole new set of tools that you have to get it's well yeah, I, I've, I've taken some watch tools i've got some i've got some watch tools so i've taken watch tools along i was kind of hoping mm -hmm. that somebody would turn up and kind of go my watch needs a new battery or i've got a yeah. strap and i don't know how to put it on have the tools for that Clocks, though, and a barometer. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Right. So, that, yeah, that's been what's been grabbing my attention. Very right. Fun. Jesse, right. Where can people find you individually and collectively? Go ahead, Jesse. Uh, so, uh, y'all can find me at Jesse Ratfink uh, on Instagram and on Instructables. Those are really the only places that I am online. <laughs> And you can find me at uh, the Grant Alexander and all the usual social media places. And uh, collectively <laughs> with our Australian uh, friend, uh, we host a podcast uh, called Clamp, uh, the Creating, Living, and Making Projects podcast. And you can find that uh, by in search in your favorite uh, podcatcher for Clamp. I like that word, podcatcher. I've not heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, most people call it. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's a nice term. I quite like that. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I've heard it before, but I think Vincent's the one who uh, Vincent from Digitally Creative is the one that uh, got me using that word. Mm. I figured if if he's doing it, then it must be a real word. I don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, if any Carl if anyone if anyone uses a new word, then it's a it's a real world word uh, i was about yeah. to say apparently you know uh that's no anything can be a real word if you use it in with enough anger <laughs> <laughs> fair fair uh, uh on that note we're going to dive out of the main show we're going to go over to mm -hmm. the after show which if anyone wants to listen to they'll have to uh subscribe i suppose through uh patreon.com slash makers waffle uh mm -hmm. and listen to the rest of the conversation so, yeah, that's how to find that. That will go up tomorrow when the main show goes up uh, on to the uh, podcatchers of your choice. So we shall uh, say goodbye to folks and we will catch the Patreons in the after show. So 
Bye. 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 Thanks. Yes, folks.